Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer, mostly in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward. Kick It Forward is a positive disruptor to the Iowa soccer community. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Insurance Services and Michael Keener, Attorney at Law. You need legal help? You need insurance help? Those are the two to contact. That's right. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. Welcome to Soccer Talk. I'm Ben Brackett with my good buddy and co-host, Blake Siebers. Siebs, what up? Hey, Ben. Um, pretty exciting little chat today, so I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm ready to go. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure that all these folks, listener, our listenership, if you will, have been uh, following us on social media and know about all of our uh, pro-Iowa mini-pitches that we're building across the state of Iowa. We're doing 10. We're uh, closing in on the second half of that project now. It's been super fun, but all the momentum got us going and we kind of went back to uh, the origin story uh, with Jeff Lorenowitz, who kind of helped us get things started. And our listenership, who I'm sure, you know, the devoted ones know all about Jeff and have listened to the multiple times we've talked to him. So anyway, we're working on a similar project in Central Falls, Rhode Island, Central Falls, Rhode Island, um, just outside of Providence, where both Jeff and I went to college. And so we've got some other um, MLS guys that play with the Revs and uh, Providence College guy and uh, actually like a project goal individual, you know, participant uh, as well that are supporting or supporting the project. And so we're really excited to to be I don't know, taking kick it forward nationwide, I guess, right, Siebs? Yeah, it's a it's a cool uh, initiative, and um, it just kind of shows one what soccer can uh, can do, and it's a small world at the end of the day, isn't it? Absolutely, that's what we love about it. The soccer community is a tight knit one. Um, so anyway, we thought it would just be fun to kind of we'll, we'll work through our our guys over the next few weeks, and uh, we thought we'd start with Jeff. So we're going to chat with Jeff a little bit about mini pitch project and just kind of growing up as a youth soccer player in the United States. So should be pretty fun. Get a little banter. Yeah. You'll have to stay tuned to see uh, about his five aside team to see what you think. That's right. Uh, let's get to it. All right, Jeff Lorenowitz. He's every one of us. I was going to see if you were going to say that, man. <laughs> How you doing today, Jeff? Good. What's up, guys? It's been a while. Yeah. What's been going on? Yeah, I mean, you're like a goal-scoring machine since the last time we talked to you. Yeah, something like that. Um, you know, if I'm scoring goals, the team's struggling. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so you made it through uh, – the MLS is back tournament unscathed, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, we got through that. I mean, the club wasn't very unscathed, but... Sorry, you know, I, meant, I meant healthy. Yeah, of course. I mean, we all had our doubts going in, um, but it came off. Obviously, the NBA bubbles reaching the end. I can't believe those guys are still there. Um, but, yeah, we made it through the, the bubble. 
had another preseason and then kind of jumped back into semi-normal travel and games. Have you been playing games with uh, no fans still? Yeah, still no fans. I mean, there are various clubs um, around the country that are having fans um, sporting Kansas City, Dallas. And in fact, here in Atlanta, they're talking um, come tomorrow, come October, uh, there'll be fans in Atlanta too, but it's limited capacity. Um, so Orlando's another one. We played in Orlando several weeks back and there were maybe five or 8,000 people there. I'm not sure how many. Did, was it nice to be like playing in front of people again or would you, did it, was it nerve wracking? No, not nerve wracking. It was good. It made it feel as close as possible to normal. I mean, you know, obviously they're not as many people, but just having somebody there. I mean, we played um, Nashville a few weeks back. We lost. We played there in, uh, I think it's called Nissan Stadium. So 60, 70,000 seat stadium, empty. And that's, I mean, we were there at the game, the first game of the year when it was sold out, wasn't it? Right. Well, and they, yeah, yeah. they still, they closed off the top hole. That's right. It was like 30,000 people or something like that were. No, it was like 50, 50. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm thinking about yeah. the wrong stat, but you're right. Um, yeah, that must be so so bizarre. We went we went and saw the Union Omaha in the USL play a couple weeks ago against the New England Revolution too. And it was uh, it it was kind of nice to like, it was limited capacity, same deal. Like normally it's a, say it's a 10,000 seat stadium and there were like 2,500 people there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, as long as, everyone's being safe and you know they've it, it sounds like at least with the nfl and stuff you know they have these algorithms that spread people out when you buy tickets and um you know mercedes-benz is obviously an enormous stadium i'm sure they'll close off the top and spread everyone else out you know around that bottom bowl so um i guess for now it's 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 working um but but yeah it is as a player you know if you're just taking the virus out of it and you're saying, would you rather play in front of fans or not? Obviously you'd, you'd rather have, have somebody there. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with all these goals you're scoring that it, uh, are you going to end up playing another season? You know, you're going to, you're going to need somebody to score them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's funny how this time of year that, that, that question always comes back up, but. Good time, um, good time to score some goals then either way. Go out on yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hmm. Well, so the the other thing that we've been working on during quarantine is this mini pitch project, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think that it's something that we both had in our heads for a while, and and you've obviously taken it to the next step there in Iowa. But um, bringing it to Rhode Island and the Providence area is, is you know the idea that we've had for a little while now. Yes, it's a super cool location. Um, cause you know, it's like right down there in the middle of town, um, you know, just right down the street from the middle school where project goal has their headquarters and stuff. As we were kind of talking before the interview, um, just about how, when you grew up, you know, you lived out in the burbs and, um, you know, sort of really spread out almost and something like this just wasn't even an option. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that it's perfect for urban spaces because everyone's always looking for a place to play, especially if you live in, in a city and, you know, Central Falls, Providence, they're not huge cities, but you know, there's, there's not a ton of green space and, and parks that people go to play at. And I think that 
especially its location in Central Falls that we found kind of right near the school and um, lots of foot traffic. And I think it just provides kids with a really great little spot to, to go and, and hang out after school and, and play or play on the weekend. Uh, talk us through like life in Westchester. What was, what was like, when were you getting pickup opportunities or when we, you know, when were you getting chances to just go out and express yourself when you played or when were you doing that? Or did you just yeah, I, I think the the most of the opportunities would come um, as I got older in school. I know that in high school when gym classes would, um, on days when we had gym class, we would, there were five or six of us that would go out and play. Um, but, but really nothing like this. I think that's what's cool about it is it is unique. It's a new experience. I mean, you drive through cities and you're always going to see basketball courts and tennis courts. Um, but you don't always see games happening on them. You don't see people playing tennis. You don't see, you know, the courts, the rims have no nets. Um, they're falling over. I think that not only does the mini pitch project kind of revitalize and, and repurpose that, that space, but, you know, we've been saying for a long time is, in soccer in the U.S. is, are we getting the right kids to play? You know, are we getting, are we attracting the right talent? And, and, um, and where it's not costing you money to go and play, you know, it's, it's like taking a ball down to the court. Like um, people are going to play a pickup basketball game, but you're going down to play soccer. I think it just add, I mean, the, uh, it's almost like a mini stadium where like, as you're playing there, it just kind of adds a little bit of uh, allure kind of excites you a little bit, I think, then, don't you think, just personally? Like, oh, this is, yeah. this is pretty neat. There's no question about it. And, and, you know, when I was 13, I went to this soccer camp in North Carolina, um, Asheville, North Carolina, and had a connection to, I don't know, they had all these Brazilians. It was run by Brazilians. And what they did was, you know, saying that you went in the summer of 2020, at the end of, at the end of that year, they selected a number of kids the following summer to go to Brazil. And I did that when I was 12 or 13, I got selected to go back the next summer and, and have a trip to Brazil. And when you drive around in Brazil, we went to Sao Paulo and Santos, um, there's futsal courts everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And it's what people play. And, you know, how many times have you been, you know, in a pickup soccer game situation where the ball's just running away, right? you've got to chase it down. You're on a giant field. Maybe you don't even have lines, you know, you don't have cones, you don't have goals. This, this has it all, you know, it keeps the ball right there. Like you said, it is like a mini stadium. It's a little futsal court that um, keeps it tight and, and helps you work on, on your game. Got a couple nice little battles uh, in the mini pitches here in Des Moines. One, one, uh, one day saw me pull, pull groin actually. I got so into it. Did you? Well, you got to warm up. You got to stretch back. You're getting older. No. I know we were just going into just hitting bombs, you know. Uh, um, were you? Oh yeah, not smart. First two felt fine, but after that it was bad. It was, yeah, yeah. Using like a regular ball and it was bouncing, so everything is on the half ball and good stuff sitting up for you. Yeah. Um, so what? So maybe talk a little bit about uh, your time in Providence. Um, I know that you and I were there at the same time participating in Project Goal, but you know, for me, it's something I remember pretty fondly, and you you participated probably way more than I did because you ended up doing doing it further with uh, the revs, but maybe just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, being in Providence for four years, you and I at school, and then I actually lived in Rhode Island after um, graduating for a bit of time as well. Um, you, you know, that culture there, right? It's the Portuguese culture. It's the Cape Verdean culture. 
obviously soccer is, I would say, their only sport. I mean, I remember walking into the um, cafeterias at school and the Cape Verdean people or the Portuguese people just wanted to talk about soccer. They knew we were soccer players. So that culture is embedded in that area. Um, and then, yeah, once I, once I finished at Brown and, and was playing with the Rebs, I was living close by and maintained a relationship with Darius and, and uh, Project Goal and we show up at some of their events. So it, it's, it's a great program. And I think that, you know, more than anything, the reason why we want to do it is because we love the game, but we also think that it's, such a worthy um, community at Project Goal to, to bring this opportunity to. Yeah, they've got the participants of Project Goal are awesome. Um, I think that was, I just remember um, how, like you mentioned it, like you walk into the cafeteria or whatever, and the kids, like, they know that you're a soccer player, so they want to know, like, all about it, whatever. Um, like, I remember, I don't think that. I ever really felt like more of a celebrity than when I was like, you know, like when I'm going to mentor the kids, you know, we're sitting there like uh, helping them with, uh, you know, schoolwork or whatever. And then they're like, Hey, let's go play in the gym. And then you go and you're, they're just like, you know, in love. So they're having so much fun. And it was, it was just like, so fun. I, I had a great yeah. And, and it was definitely the first kind of time where being in the United States and seeing um, people have a relationship to futsal, you know, and, you know, this isn't necessarily a futsal court, but it can absolutely be a futsal court depending on what ball you use. But I, th I think that that was really my introduction to futsal in the United States. I mean, all those kids play futsal. And now I, you see, I mean, my son, we live in Georgia and he was playing futsal last winter and now it's kind of popped up everywhere. It's a great sport. It's a great way to learn because the ball is less active. It's a little less lively. And, uh, but yeah, I think that the, the, the culture there, like I said, and, and the game um, on those courts is, is really going to go well. Just, go ahead. No, no, it, like, I don't know. So I think probably our listeners don't know either. What, what did you guys do with Project Goal? Talk a little bit about um, just kind of the involvement of, I'm assuming the Brown soccer team has kind of been the tradition. But well, that was, was with us, was, it was the Brown soccer team, but the Providence College team participates too, the Revs participate. So what did you guys do? So talk sure. about what you guys did? Go Obviously, I mean, yeah, you yeah. mentors, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, more of a kind of like an after-school program to help kids um, academically, but then athletically as well. You kind of give them um, more of an opportunity to um, put something that maybe they need help with, with something that they love and school and soccer kind of go hand in hand. And I think that um, just providing someone that's, that's looking out for these kids. And I don't think a lot of them always have um, come from the best places or, or have people looking out for them all the time. And, and I think that you're just kind of giving them a, a helping hand, whether it be with academics or whether they're getting Brack out on the court and not Megan and scoring a goal after they're finished talking about math or science or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's super fun. Fun program. Um, I don't think there's anything like that here in Des Moines. Um, but yeah, uh, so then where was I going to go with this? Oh, I was just with the, the futsal when we were talking about that and just how much of an influence it has now on the game. I, I was just thinking about, imagine Marcos Romanero playing futsal. Like, Yeah, I mean, I remember when one spring in Brown, we brought a futsal ball out and then it was just... Remember like we, got, we got in trouble. Yeah, we did get in trouble, but Marcos who's, you know, native Brazilian was just, you know, unstoppable. <laughs> and you, so you play with a bunch of South Americans. Do you guys do any kind of futsal type stuff throughout the, 
at all? No, we don't, we don't play a ton of stuff like that. I think the next most popular thing are these kind of table tennis boards yeah. that are curved. Have you seen those? I, I forget what they're called. Um, you guys play that? Yeah, we have, we have one or two of those and guys have been playing that, but yeah, nothing, nothing like futsal. Do you like tennis? Do you like the tech ball? Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I, I haven't played a ton of it, but, um, you know, when you get, we have a ton of Argentinians, South Americans, like, uh, sorry, Argentina and, um, Paraguayan as well. And these guys, they get on it and they're just like, sweating profusely before training even starts they're just kind of going at it with each other it's more fun to watch to be honest um well so let's uh so we've got some just like uh i don't know questions for you some just some thought-provoking questions for you mostly just picking your your favorite five-side teams so imagine you're going to go out and play in central falls but you can pick uh you know any four players other than yourself um well, of all it, time, right? Of yeah. all time. Like, Find dead alive. Yeah. Is he in the team? Well, you, yeah, you got to decide where, if you're in the team. I assume you're you in the team. And where are you playing at, I guess, is the other Yeah, line. give us okay. the lineup, your five-a-side team, all-time players. Like, you know, I guess I, I, dead or alive even. I mean, I guess, you know, if you want to take Cruyff, you can. <laughs> so it's five, five v. five plus a goalkeeper. Four v. four plus Four v. four plus goalkeeper. Four v. four plus goalkeeper. You don't have to have a goalkeeper. You could have a sweeper keeper if you wanted. <laughs> um well i feel like when you play four on four five on five you know that's not really a position you know i played with with jay heaps and he was classic he was a defender played right back um sometimes center back but when you played six v six in training jay would start out in the back and then you'd, you'd never find him again once the whistle blew because he was playing up front so there there's not really positions so yeah. um so, oh, his, his, his team's not gonna have any i like that free-flowing yeah. footballers they're jeff around at fc well it'd be yeah. interesting to see what everybody else says ben if they yeah. have some kind of shape or some kind of discipline so you said 4v4 plus a goalkeeper plus, plus yeah 5v5 total but you're right 5v5 total uh you know what i'm gonna go I'll, I'll go with all reps you know i think that this would be a really good team matt reese mike parkers me taylor and shelry Ooh. Okay. I think that'd be a pretty good team. I mean, if you're talking about all time dead or alive, you know, we might lose a few games, but I think if you're talking about guys that I've played with and I'd won in a, a five aside team, that'd be a pretty good one. I like that. So, so Shari, Twelman, Reese, and who is your, your other Parkers. one? Parky. Ooh, Parky, nice. Yeah. Nice. That is actually Parky'll, a strong team. Parky will defend great on the ball. Matt Reese, awesome goalkeeper. Dude, he'll, do he'll do it yeah, all. He, he'll do it all. And he plays with his feet. Um, Shaori, he'll just bully the entire game. Taylor scores goals. What are you? You gotta have. You gotta have the guy that's just gonna sit in front of goal and, and score the goals. Where do you fit in? Just playmaker? <laughs> no, just trying to run around. I, I could score a few myself. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I played with Shaori, he would just tell me what to do. So maybe we'll fall back into that again. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, that that kind of kills my second question because I was gonna say your next. The next one was uh, your your you know, your all-time team that you had played with. So why don't you give us an all-time team that you have played against instead? Ooh. Yeah, who are you going to lose to that you played? I don't know. I'm thinking about, you know, watching um, 
watching MLS games now and, and watching teams that I used to play on and kind of seeing how um, rivalries have changed. You know, the Rebs versus Chicago was always such a huge one. And now, you know, I feel like that's kind of died down a bit. But if you put that team that I just said, that five-a-side team, versus some of those um, Chicago Fire teams from back in the day, you know, Chris Armas, C.J. Brown, Brian McBride, Chris Rolfe, you know, those type of guys. Um, talk about a goalkeeper you could throw in from that team. John Bush, I mean, he would be screaming at everybody the whole time. But that, that's more for uh, old MLS heads to know those names. Love it. All right. And then the final one, your, your all-time, your Brown Five. <laughs> I don't, I, no, I, don't ex- I certainly don't expect to be in the five. so. Oh, boy. Um, well, I'll throw, you know, Chris and Gold, Gomez. Gold, uh, you know, he's a lot like Matt Reese, both kind of Southern California guys, grew up playing volleyball and stuff like that. So they're just kind of crazy with their body. And Chris is great with his feet, just like Matt. Um, I don't know, defenders? I'll put me and you in there, Brack. I don't know if you want me, though. I mean, come on, come on. Think about all the guys you played with. Yeah, there he starts oh, thinking. It's, a, he sympathy, starts it's thinking. a sympathy vote here, isn't it? He's just trying to come up with an idea. No, you know what I like to do? I like to pick, you know, my team of guys I like to play with, and if I went with them, great. If I, if I, well, if I do I recall our, our Sunday morning team for uh, – well, our team that spring, that was the Sunday team that was also – you remember, we played Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday – and we were always the best on Tuesday and Thursday, and Sunday we would struggle. <laughs> Sunday was rough, and it was it was even it was even at five five p.m. You know, oh, yeah, it was like five p.m. Who was our team? Who was our team? It was like me, you. I think ba- Dobe was on the team. Yeah, we had Granger. I think, I think Eric Fekbaum as well. Just the most hungover team. Yeah, we we certainly didn't get a lot of sleep on Saturdays. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right, so you've given us uh, 40% of the team. Yeah. Was- yeah. I don't know who would score the goals. Um, I, I have some ideas for you. but Go ahead. Throw some names out. Oh, I mean, wouldn't Adam Crew score you some goals? Yeah, Crew definitely. You just figure it out. He'd, he'd do it for you. I'm trying to think back to those games. You know, at Brown, it was called the OMAC. It was our big kind of indoor um, – indoor track basketball courts and we used to play on those courts who who was good doing during this did you guys not have some guys that were just like super lazy but literally could just finish and like oh, freaking kevin davies would kill me all day long he would just <laughs> but, me. i would want to I, I don't think i've ever been more mad in my entire life yeah kevin kevin was good he was just kind of pop up score tons of speed yeah, uh, i think you'd have to take marcos um, yeah i mean if you're not worried about any, someone defending correct. or you, you just know. give him free roll and let him do his thing yeah, yeah, Marcos for sure. You know, um, he'd, he'd also he'd get your back if things got chippy. You know, <laughs> he'd be quick to kick somebody, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like in five aside as well. I mean, that's kind of cool thing about the court is that you're right on top of each other, so you have to work on your physical game, and you need some people that are gonna be physical. That's what I was thinking about you, Brack. Dustin Dustin Brown is another guy that was pretty I love physical. Dustin. Another another Midwest guy. Um, uh, Keith Caldwell, you wouldn't take Keith. Well, Keith, Keith as well. I mean, he's kind of like Marcos. I think he would pop up and, and probably score some goals, do some – do some, um, make some nice passes. I mean, we just played pickup – what was it, last last winter? Keith was pretty good. 
so you guys have listed all these guys. Who's not? I mean, that's more than five. Some, yeah, no, some no, guys I, have to get the axe. Well, I think here. so. So this is what you got to tell us first. So there's nobody that that we're not talking about any guys that graduated ahead of you, right? You know, like you wouldn't want Eddie or Derek or uh, you wouldn't want Goldie on your in your squad. I mean, see, the thing is, if it was just like pure character. Me, yeah, that's the thing. If it was, I mean, who are we playing against as well? That's the that's the funny thing. No, but if it was just like me, Eddie, Derek, uh, <laughs> and Dustin, I think you know those guys would win on on sheer intimidation. <laughs> right. Maybe I'd take maybe I'd take Crew and and Marcos. Let's say. Okay, so Crew, Marcos, Gomez, Jeff. And me? Right. I don't think that's okay. Well, I'll take it, but I'll uh, take you, Brad. I'll I take think you. you're gonna get some offended people if they listen to this much of the episode. That'll be the problem. Nobody, oh. maybe nobody will be offended. We'll have to tease it though. That's right. All right. Well, okay. So we're not trying to take your whole afternoon. We basically just wanted to talk about the mini pitch, tease you a little bit. Um, we know you're gonna just crush this on social media and get it out there. Uh, you know, trying to support the mini pitch. Yeah, I, I think. You know, I'm, I'm not going to crush it on social media, but I do think that, um, you know, you guys have done such a great job in Iowa. And I think that um, the folks that are, are locals there that have kind of benefited from the stuff you guys are doing there, it's a way to give back to the, to the folks that are trying to make it happen in Rhode Island as well. So that would be great to, to kind of spread the love a little bit, pay it forward to the folks out east. Um, but extremely excited to see how this comes together. I think we've done a pretty good job so far. And um, you know, Musco, your the uh, local company has done such a great job of, of pushing this forward. So um, it's going to be exciting to to watch it kind of come together over the next few months. Kicking it forward, even not even pushing it, but kicking it. Kicking it forward, exactly. Are you uh, are you any closer to any social media? Uh, no, not even close. <laughs> Although you know, no, not even close. Oop. There's a little hesitation. So you're saying there's a chance. No, I mean, you know, especially now around the election and, and um, stuff like that, it seems like there's opportunities to to um, help out and, and help register with voters. I, I think that there's been some initiatives here with our team in Atlanta and um, some other people that have reached out. Um, in those situations, I do feel like, man, those are, those are the times that, you know, maybe social media is a good thing, but um, I, I try and use the club as a crutch and, and do my stuff through them. Fair enough. We'll at least take that as like a, a low key, get out the vote shout from Jeff around. It's right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I like to use kick it forward as a crutch as well. And, and, you know, you guys, I give to you and you give to me and hopefully we give to others. All about giving. All right. Well, thanks Jeff. Uh, we love chatting with you. We'll, uh, look forward to the next time we get to speak and hopefully see you in Providence and Central Falls soon enough. Yeah, I hope so. Good seeing you guys. Thanks. All right, Siebs, good chat with Jeff. Always nice to get him back. Um, we're going to have some new ones coming up too, so that's exciting. But uh, I don't know. I always love chatting with Jeff. Yeah, we got the boy laughing a little bit this time, didn't we? I know, uh, Mr. Stoic normally, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the boy scores a few goals, and all of a sudden, he's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> top of the world, isn't he? Yeah, uh, super cool to have him involved in the project, and um, really, I mean, 
like I said, you know, kind of brings it back to the origin story. I, you know, I don't think if without him, I don't think we're probably to this point. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened between now and then, but uh, we really couldn't be more grateful for his help. And it's super fun to have a chance to shoot the ball around with him. Yeah, totally agree, Ben. Um, we owe him big time. So <clears throat> right on. So hopefully we'll get to celebrate sometime out in Rhode Island soon enough. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. We'll be getting some of the other guys on. Um, we'll make sure that we include the link to the landing page for donations for this um, mini pitch specifically. Uh, and also, you know, if you want to follow us on social media, make sure you do that. Uh, Twitter, we're at kick underscore forward. Facebook, at kick it forward, IA. Uh, Instagram, we are at kick.it.forward. You can find us on TikTok. You Google us on YouTube channel. What else, Blake? I don't know. I'm I mean, subscri subscribe, subscribe and rate. rate. On, we're on, I think, every podcast platform there is. Yeah, we love reviews, too. We're, we got invited we, to lunch. We did. But we haven't taken Kate up on that yet. Kate R., if you're listening, we need more detail on who you are. We think we know who you oh, are. I know for sure who she is. Okay, we think. Because right. we've texted her son. All right, fair enough. Who confirmed it. Let's have lunch sometime. Uh, all right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, everybody else. Uh, thanks, Kate R. Talk to you soon. Yeah.